Welcome. Please accept Jim and John's invitation to join them as they once again ask, What do you think about... Well, Jim's invitation at least. John didn't get his episode edited and posted, so I'm throwing this one together a couple of weeks before it's time. In keeping with the threat that I made after the second of my two horror movie slash true cannibal offerings, I am presenting a Bigfoot story. But was it really a Bigfoot? Or was it some other nape or manimal? You might be saying to your listening device right now, Hey Jim, I understand the word manimal, but did I hear you correctly? It sounded like you also said the word nape. You heard me correctly. Nape. N-A-P-E. It's a term coined by Lauren Coleman. It means North American ape. Some of the examples are the skunk ape, the falc monster, also known as the creature of Boggy Creek, the traverse-buying gorilla, and my offering today. All right, loyal listeners, cast your mind back, back into time, to the months of late 1970, early 1971. For those of you youngsters who can't get back there with memories, just let the theater of the mind usher you there. Ed Sullivan is still on the tube, but his show's end is coming. The Glen Campbell Good Time Hour is on, as is the courtship of Eddie's father, Rowan and Martin's laughing, and the Flip Wilson show. Oh yeah, the Lawrence Welk show is on Saturdays too. And, as the El Paso Times reported on February 28th, there's something out there. It walks like a gorilla, leaves handprints like a man, rips doors off their hinges, and it likes chickens. For one of a better name, We'll call him Oklahoma's Abominable Chicken Man. What do you think about that for a newspaper article? Now, you're probably saying, to be honest, Jim, you kind of had me at first, but Oklahoma's Abominable Chicken Man? They couldn't come up with a better moniker than that? Evidently not. If they did, it was Mox Nix, because this was the name that stuck. And here's the story. A farmer in El Reno, Oklahoma, went to his chicken coop in December 1970, probably intending to gather up some of the cackleberries for breakfast, or for sale, or maybe just to feed his chickens. May as well, right? Because he's out there anyway. But when he gets to the coop, he finds it slightly remodeled. Its door has been ripped from its jam and is lying on the ground. The door's surface and the coop's inner walls sported several handprints vaguely human in nature. These prints measured about seven inches long and five inches wide. The seven inches long isn't all that odd. I measured my own hand. From tip of the middle finger to the base of the palm, I found it to be about seven inches in length, too. Now, the width is another thing. 
from left to right, my poem only measured about three and five-eighths inches. But enough of that science shit. The baffled farmer contacted a game warden. The warden, in turn, contacted the Oklahoma City Zoo to see if anyone could identify the prints. They couldn't, but that didn't stop the zoo director, one Lawrence Curtis, from issuing a statement concerning the prints. It resembles a gorilla, but it's more like a man. Thus began the era, albeit a brief one, of the Oklahoma abominable chicken man. After Lawrence Curtis received images of the El Reno prints and the story started making the rounds, he began to receive similar reports from other Oklahoman locales. This just into our news desk. A man in Stillwater and a woman in McAllister informed him of having found similar prints on their properties. Curtis claimed that only one of four native Oklahoma beasts could have made such prints. Black bears, cougars, wolves, or human beings. With his keen eye and even keener perception, Curtis honed in on the final item in this short list. The El Paso Times article mentioned earlier quotes Curtis as saying, We've shown it to several mammologists and several wildlife experts in Oklahoma and some who were passing through. All agree it's a primate. These prints were made by some sort of man. Perhaps one looking for chickens. The article continued, asked about the wide distances between the points reporting similar prints, Curtis said, If there is one, there is more than one. There has to be more than one unless he's hitchhiking. Now, there are no zoos in the El Reno area, nor were there any individuals known to be keeping primates as novelties. This led people to compare the evidence to similar sightings in California, further leading them to speculate that they just might have their own goddamn true-to-life creature of the Bigfoot variety. Curtis himself was reported in this same article as trying to find a book and a magazine article that tell about Bigfoot to make a comparison. In the meantime, he has the chicken coop door in his office for reference. The Great Bend Tribune, from Great Bend to Kansas, ran the following headline on page 21 on March 10, 1971. Reports of Oklahoma's abominable chicken man have feathers flying from coast to coast. The story went on to say, Oklahoma City Zoo Director Lawrence Curtis revealed the case of the chicken man about two weeks ago. An El Reno, Oklahoma farmer had found the door of his chicken coop ripped off its hinges. It bore the handprints of a man-like creature who apparently walked on all fours. The farmer sent the door to a state game ranger to have the tracks identified, and the game ranger turned the door over to Curtis. So far, the director has only been able to determine what the tracks are not. Only three animals live in Oklahoma that can make tracks the size on the door. Bears, mountain lions, and man. They left out wolves. Back to the article. Curtis rolled out bear and mountain lion and says it must be a man-like creature. Further than that, he won't speculate. An Associated Press story dubbing the animal the Abominable Chicken Man has brought mail from across the country to Curtis's office. 
A tremendous amount of material has come in, he said. Many of the letters contained footprints of mysterious creatures sighted in other parts of the United States. People in the Pacific Northwest, where a creature called Bigfoot has been reported, are especially interested. The trouble is, says Curtis, all he has of Chicken Man is handprints. There were some footprints by the chicken coop, but they weren't preserved. The most interesting report Curtis has had came from a man in Springdale, Arkansas. He gave a detailed sighting of three similar animals, said Curtis. All of them were hairy and about six feet tall and extremely strong. One of them pushed over a tree. The article also reported that cattle in the area had been dying for no apparent reason. Curtis went on to say that he was surprised that the creatures are such a popular subject. The article concluded with this. Meanwhile, in El Reno, the chicken man is keeping to himself. He's raided no more chicken coops, and no one has reported seeing him. But he has given birth to a sort of an heir. Last week, several persons in Lawton, Oklahoma, observed a seven-foot hairy creature in pants several sizes too small, which reportedly could jump 15 feet straight up. One man, who looked out of his second-story picture window to see the creature staring back at him, suffered a mild heart attack. Two days later, an anonymous phone call directed local police to a Halloween mask, apparently used in the hoax. Two youths later admitted being responsible for the episode. One was six foot, one inch tall, Neither was Harry, nor an especially good jumper. It does indicate how people exaggerate what they see, says Curtis. As for his professional opinion on the existence of the chicken man, he says, I'm an optimistic skeptic. I wouldn't reject the possibility that such an animal exists. And then the last line of the article, Something left those tracks. You think that over for a minute or two. Well, actually probably closer to just a minute. While we pause here for a word about Anchor Podcasting. And we're back. And let's get deeper into the mystery of the abominable chicken man. The incident in Lawton, Oklahoma, that was mentioned just before the break, goes something like this, according to the book, Creatures of the Outer Edge, by Jerome Clark and the aforementioned Lauren Coleman. On February 26, 1971, a man named C. Edward Green and his wife were driving along Lake Avenue in Lawton, Oklahoma, around 11 p.m. One or the other of them noticed a strange figure walking just off the road. According to Jerome Clark, Green described the creature as follows. He was walking bent over like a gorilla, but not on all fours. He wore black pants that were cut off or torn at the knees, and he had a big beard. It began higher up on his face than beards usually do, and long hair, very unkempt. Upon arriving home, the Greens contacted the police and reported their sighting, believing that perhaps they had seen an insane individual out wandering around. Sirens sounded in the neighborhood at about 11.15 p.m., so Green moved to the window of the apartment to watch. 
Pulling the curtains aside, he found himself face to face with the odd creature he had seen mere minutes earlier walking along the street. Evidently, it had followed their vehicle to their home. Green said the creature, whatever it was, appeared to be disoriented. He also provided more details, as related in the book. His hair and beard were very black, and the skin was dark-complected. It was barefoot, and the feet appeared to be human. It stood about six feet tall. When the figure saw Green watching him from the window, it bolted. Again, according to Creatures of the Outer Edge, others also saw the strange figure around the same time. A group of passers-by in the neighborhood claimed to have seen a monkey-like figure running down the street, darting amongst the traffic and hiding behind bushes. Around 11.30 p.m., some soldiers from Fort Sill, which is about 10 miles north of Lawton, claimed to have seen a similar creature lumbering along after they had exited a grocery store in the area. I looked through the Lawton Morning Press February 27th and 28th editions, but found no specific mention of any of these claims. The February 28th edition did run the same article as the El Paso Times, which was the article that I mentioned at the outset of this episode. Just for a reference, Lawton is about 81 miles south of El Reno, Oklahoma. So, it does appear that Mr. and Mrs. Green's sightings were factual insofar as they did see something. Who knows what it was? Or maybe this is just a huge case of coincidence. There just might have been two cryptids crawling around Lawton, California back in early 1971. Why is that, you might ask? The answer is this. According to the Daily Rags, the chicken man was up against some competition for newspaper space because people were reporting having seen a werewolf in the vicinity during the same time frame. On March 3, 1971, the Daily Oklahoman, published in Oklahoma City, ran a story entitled, Lawton Alert for Wolfman. The item starts out with the line, There's something roaming around the Lawton area, frightening people. And for want of a better word, they've dubbed it a wolfman. Then it leads into the following description. The thing has been described as tall, very hairy, with a distorted face, and wearing pants several sizes too small. It could leap 15 feet from a standing start and drop from a second floor balcony without ill effects. It was spotted on at least five occasions last Friday and Saturday. From there, the article goes on to relate C. Edward Green's story, which we just covered, tying it in with the werewolf, or wolfman, even though he never made such a comparison himself. In fact, he said it brought to mind a gorilla, not a lycanthrope. Then, the article threw in an encounter experienced by one Donald Childs, which read like this. Donald Childs, 35, 
suffered muscle seizure when he saw the creature Saturday night leap 15 feet over a small homemade fish pond and really move out toward an alley 100 feet from the pond. Child said he suffered, quote, severe muscle spasms around his heart because of nerves which could have led to a heart attack, end quote. Child said he first saw the creature bent over the empty pond. It was hunched over and sitting in a flower bed around the pond, he said, when it turned, saw him, and then leaped without the benefit of a running start. It leapt over the pond and landed 15 feet away, he said. The article closed with recaps of the stories I've already told you that were given us by passersby in Green's neighborhood and the soldiers at Fort Sill. The Wolfman story was short-lived, though, because on March 4th, the Bonham Daily Favorite out of Bonham, Texas, ran the following, which said in part, Werewolf is just prankster. A wolfman who leaped from tall buildings and drank from a fish pond apparently was a masked teenage prankster, police said today. Police said some parents brought in a wolf mask Tuesday night and juvenile officers planned to talk with the couple's son about it. And then, as in all mysterious flaps, the creature or creatures, if you prefer, just up and disappeared. I couldn't find any newspaper reports concerning the chicken man after March 16, 1971. And that article was just poking fun at the whole incident. One might say he up and flew the coop. Which, unfortunately, might be the truth. It does appear that he decided to make like an egg and beat it. So what do you think, loyal listeners? I know in previous episodes, we've said that people must have seen something if they're willing to put their names to the account and let the account go public. On the other hand, we also know there are hoaxers who get off on pulling stunts like this. And the more people who get sucked into believing the prank, and the more press it receives, the bigger the boner. If you saw something like this, would you go public with it? I don't think I would. Not unless I had the presence of mind to grab up my cell phone and snap a video or a few quick pictures. I'd probably tell my family and close friends, but uh, without video or photographic evidence, I don't think I would release the story any further than that circle. And how about the fact that there were two cryptids lurking about on this night? What a lucky town. You not only got the uh, abominable chicken man, but you might also possibly have a werewolf running around. But then, maybe it was only one. An abominable chicken wolfman. Who knows? So, what happened to the creature? Were the sightings really just orchestrated by some teenager in a mask? Or was it really some manimal? Were the chicken man and the Lawton werewolf the same creature? Or were they distinct and separate cryptids? I guess we'll never really know. Unfortunately, however, it does seem that the sightings did end after the police <laughs> said they were going to talk to the kid. So maybe I kind of lean towards a hoax as the explanation for this one. But perhaps it was an old cryptid and maybe it died. The last lonely representative of his species stomping around Oklahoma. Of course, on a less dreary note, Maybe he just migrated to other climes, finding the citizenry of Lawton too eagle-eyed for him to skulk around unnoticed in the area. 
What Do You Think About is co-written by John Gordos and Jim DeRimuth, except this episode. Our theme music, In Suspense, is provided by podsummit.com. Thanks to all you for listening. And uh, if you haven't already, please take the time to rate our podcast on your favorite listening platform, if you're able to do so. Uh, You can drop us a line at wdouta at gmail.com and join that exclusive club of only uh, two or three members. Or you can visit our Facebook page, anchor.fm forward slash wdouta for updates on releases. Copyright 2022 by John Gordos and Jim Dumer. It's a toying, it's a toying current, yeah. Man, this was another short one. So I'm tap dancing here to fill up some more time. What do you think about the Oklahoma octopus? It's a cryptid that is rumored to dwell in three of that state's lakes. Lake Tenkiller, Lake Ulaga, and Lake Thunderbird. It's supposed to be about the size of a horse with reddish-brown, leathery flesh and long, ropey tentacles, like an octopus. It lies in wait beneath the surface of the lakes and attacks and kills unsuspecting swimmers, supposedly. As of yet, there's no physical evidence of the Oklahoma octopus. But believers claim that the high number of unexplained drownings in the state are proof enough of its existence. But wait, is there truly no physical evidence? Back in 1999, an octopus was allegedly found on the shores of the Ohio River somewhere in Indiana, but it was dead and who knows how the hell it got there. Maybe some dumbass put the octopus in the river thinking it could live. Uh, But that would have just killed it because they're ocean creatures. Much more recently, though, according to the Vian 10 Killer News dated July 1st, 2020, there just might be evidence out there. An article in that newspaper states that on June 24th, 2020, a couple who were fishing in Lake Tenkiller pulled in a hand-sized freshwater octopus. We don't know who they were, though, because they did not want to be identified, according to the article. Now, there's no evidence of the existence of a freshwater octopus. Octopi are sea creatures. According to Wikipedia, Lake Tenkiller was constructed between 1947 and 1952 by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. 
If you're wondering how it got the name of Ten Killer, it came from a uh, local prominent Cherokee family who originally owned the land. Lake Ulaga is uh, also man-made and was also created by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Construction of that body of water began in 1950. And lastly, Lake Thunderbird is also a man-made body of water. So, how would an octopus get into these? I mean, there's no uh, connection to the ocean. It's man-made, so it's not fed by deep, mystic aquifers that uh, giant man-eating octopus could uh, travel through from the ocean into the lake. So, uh, yeah, none of that information bodes well for the argument that this cryptid actually exists. At least, not in my opinion. But on the other hand, maybe the Army actually constructed these lakes to house the Oklahoma octopus in some misdirected attempt to uh, weaponize cephalopods. Who knows? Makes sense to study sea creatures in a landlocked state, right? Well, shit. That's about all I have on the uh, Oklahoma octopus, so... um, This rant hardly filled any time at all. Hopefully, John's episode, once he gets it out there, will be longer and uh, entertaining. 